Hello, one and all, and welcome to the podcast we call The Fantastival with myself, Steve Nussbaum, in the podcast where I invite my friends to come on, talk to me, tell me all about their musical tastes, experiences, and collate their fantasy festivals, which I have christened Fantastivals. Today we are on episode number 33, the first of 2021, and The Fantastival was such, well, was probably the only positive for me to come out of 2020. Everyone has a musical story to tell. Thank you to everyone again who appeared in 2020, and to Neil Taylor, who was the guest in episode 32 in my last episode. So let's move forward. Let's look into 2021 and what a way to kick on forward. What a guest I've got on for you today uh, as we start the year. He's managed the highest profile entertainment shop in the world. He's a TikTok legend. He's also a LinkedIn legend. Uh, and it's fair to say he is obsessed with the Goonies. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Mr. Paul Johnson Naylor. Good morning, Stephen. How are you? I am very well. Mate, thank you for joining me. This is the earliest Fantastical podcast I've ever done as we sit here at half past <laughs> 11 on a horrible, dreary weekday. But thank you for coming on. The day already feels much better, much nicer. First time we've spoken, I think, in about two years. Yeah, I think it's about two years, yeah. I remember having a chat with you at Oxford Street on the first floor when you were buying some music. All the time. That was one of the highlights of All my week time. to come into H V Oxford Street and peruse and browse. And I saw a great number of, well, not a great number, a few PAs there. Um, and it was always good fun. I've, I'll ask you a few questions in a bit about all the PAs and about your experiences of meeting people, as I'm sure you've probably got a few stories to tell. But I guess to start off with, how have the last kind of few months been for you? Everyone's kind of been on their own journeys and everyone's experiences are so different. So how have the last couple of months been for yourself? Um, well, I'm on furlough at the moment uh, with Cineworld. Um, and I've been able to get something temporarily uh, with the company, uh, which has been really good uh, for myself. And, you know, I, I, I didn't think that Christmas was going to be that good. And to be fair, it was, it was all right. It, it, I got to spend some quality time with my family. Um, in my own home, which was which was brilliant, but you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to getting back to some form of normality. Yeah, it would be nice. It would be nice to do that. Everyone always says it would be nice to spend Christmas at home with their family, and now everyone can fully tick that off the list for the most part. At the beginning of the podcast, I obviously introduced you, and most people listening will know you fairly well. But in case people who are listening don't know you and have never had the pleasure of meeting you. Tell us a bit more about Paul Johnson Naylor. Right, well, where do I start? I mean, I, I, I probably really want to go with my time with HMV. I was with HMV for 18 years, and that's where I met yourself. And I joined as a security guard back in Guildford, or as they, they were called back in those days, loss prevention officer. Mm. And it's probably the best 18 years of my life. Um, the people that you work with is what made the company fantastic and it's just something that will stay with me forever and during that time i went from security guard to in-store supervisor at woken and i somehow managed to make my way to oxford circus which was i think the world's largest record store i had some sort of um guinness world record in that store and that kind of really opened my eyes to what can be achieved and I got to meet some amazing people when I was there head office was just upstairs as well um, and then eventually made my way to Oxford Street and after a few years being there and I worked with Paul Stevens as well which was one of your previous guests he, he was my boss for one one period and then he moved on and then I had the opportunity uh, to run the flagship store and it was just incredible it's an amazing experience and, I, and I'll never forget it but I've spent a bit of my time recently through this furlough um, being on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> something I didn't expect to do, but I found myself uh, having quite a lot of fun with it. And not only, uh, and I'm now known as Goonie Dad. So not only a lot of fun, but I was looking at your TikTok profile before we recorded, <laughs> doing my research on my guests, and um, you've got you've got a, a high number of a lot more followers than what I thought you did so what have we got 30 or basically 38,000 people following you on TikTok yeah just shy of 38,000 
thousand followers. I'm very close to one million likes on my content. Wow. Um, and I've had one post that did seven point seven million views, which is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, just it, it's a bit of escapism if I'm being brutally honest. And like where you're doing your podcasts, which I think are brilliant. Um, I may I have the opportunity to go live myself and just talk and engage with people. So it, it definitely uh, breaks up the day. It gets me once I've finished doing all my housework. You know, it gives me something else to do as well because <laughs> my wife likes to give me a big list of jobs every day <laughs> as she's a key worker. So you know, I've got to earn my crust at home five days a week. And I'm sure you do. I'm sure you do. And that video with 7.7 million hits was actually based on music, right? So I didn't I didn't actually know this fact until we were talking about it before. Yeah, so this was the um, Eminem track. Um, my name is Slim Shady. Um, so it's a Slim Shady track. Um, and when, when uh, if you play it in reverse, my name is, it sounds like Eminem. And it's actually been proven and it's shown and it's been documented. It's on YouTube as well to state that this is actually a thing. And so I just did a reverse reaction video to that. Because believe it or not, through TikTok as well, it's actually kept my connection with music, even though I probably sound more of a movie guy than music. But music's just, it's a feeling that it gives you that's different to movies. But you can... Um, in every single post that you pretty much create, 95% of my and have a music track in the background of every single post. But that one, don't know why it went viral, but it did, and it just caused a lot of debate, whether it was true or not. <laughs> and uh, it just got people talking and thinking, no, it can't be true, and then people were finding out that it was. That's brilliant. Well done. 7.7 .7 million views on a single video on TikTok is incredible. So if anyone wants to find you on TikTok before we start talking about music, how does someone find you on TikTok? Okay, it is Goonie Dad. So as in Goonies the movie, but without the S and then Dad. I don't know why I stuck Dad on the end, but it kind of stuck. Um, and yeah, Goonies because it is the best movie ever made. It certainly is. And I... I was planning on talking to you about the Goonies, but I guess let's do it now. So for you, because when I think of you, obviously I think of the Goonies as well, because you're quite approachable and you're quite open with how you feel about the Goonies, which you've said is the greatest movie ever made, and I'm not, I'm not one to disagree with you because it is a fantastic movie. <laughs> Paul, what is it about the Goonies that just does it for you? For me, it kind of has two different stories for me. One, it was the first movie that I ever saw as a kid when I was eight, back in 1985, and it was for a time that was a little bit difficult for me as a kid but it was again that chance to escape and I was just mesmerised by the entire movie and I, I felt like I wanted to be a Goonie and then when I hit my 40s I don't know what it was I don't know if I hit some sort of midlife crisis I kind of revisited you know where I was at in my life and just the Goonies and I ended up going do you know what I want to collect every format version that there has been of this movie and you think well how can there be more than one um, you know I've got three different VHS versions one of them being the rental version one's US one's UK uh, I've got about six different Blu-rays with different slip covers still books you know I've got the UMD and it just kind of spiralled from there you know, I recently bought the 4K HMV exclusive treasure chest I made sure I got my pre-order in and I got it on day of release um, with the map inside so I've got my 4K version as well and I've ended up with 14 different versions of the movie and, and then loads of different merchandise with it but I watch it now as an adult very differently as I did as a kid and it, it kind of like feeds in a little bit with part of the festival title where you know it's about just not giving up and like you know you face some troubles in your life and you think you know how do I face this how do I get around this and it's with the people around you you can pretty much achieve anything and you know just just keep going don't stop and good things will come out of it at the end and kind of watch it in a different way as an adult today but I still enjoy it as much as I did as a kid so yeah it kind of means things in a very different way to me today but I love it. I just can't stop talking about it. And I, I love the movie. <laughs>
<laughs> I love I love hearing you talk about the Goonies. It isn't it isn't it? It is one of my favourite films. I remember watching it as a kid, and it's one for adults. It's kids. Anyone can watch it. I look forward to my girls watching it at some point, and and you know rem- reminiscing with them about how I felt um, when I was a kid watching it. But I guess we're gonna have to stop talking about the Goonies because I have got you on this podcast to talk to you about <laughs> music. So obviously, you know, you ran the ground floor at Oxford Circus, which was a huge, like such a monumental catalogue of music. So you must have heard so, so many different artists, so many different bands, seen so many people come in for all different types of music. But with you, what are you into? So let's not give away any spoilers yet, but what kind of music do you listen to and what are you into? I say I'm quite varied, but if I was to pinpoint it, I'd probably say maybe dance music going into pop you know I'm not going to lie I like a bit of pop music I grew up listening to the pop so I used to sit there and record the radio over the weekends uh, with their top 40 you know pressing my record buttons on my stereo from my tape cassettes and then quickly trying to stop it when the DJ starts to speak so I've then got my own mixtape of the top 40 so I'll probably say dance into pop but I'm quite varied if I'm being honest, I'm, I'm open to anything. And I think working with HMV did that for me. It really opened my eyes to different types. I used to say I was a one-trick pony listening to one type of music. But then when I worked with HMV, it really opened my eyes to different types of music. Yeah, I, I can um, associate with that. When I started at HMV, I was like this mophead indie kid. I got put on the first floor and suddenly I'm talking about Lauren Hill Macy Gray, Groove Armada, who, you know, Groove Shark and stuff like that, who I would never have known had I have started working on that first floor in 1998, um, believe it or not. So you said on TikTok you use lots of music um, to kind of theme your videos. Is there anything at the moment that you're listening to, whether that's something new by a new artist or whether it's something by an older artist, anything kind of that you just can't stop listening to at the moment? Well, there's an artist that I've actually found through TikTok that I've been listening to called Owe, and uh, he's a, a he actually does more rap music than anything, and he's from Texas. Uh, he's on he's on Spotify. Just released an album called The Vision um, at Christmas, and I just found myself enjoying. Like, I mean, when I say rap music, people think what rap music. But it's like, yeah, I actually really enjoy the words, the lyrics that this guy has written and put together in a song. So I'm not always just about the beat of the music, but also the words and what they what they mean. So I've kind of been finding new music that way. I mean, the last album that I remember getting physically was uh, the Weekend. Oh, I can't remember the name of the album. Oh, the the latest one with Binded by the Light on it. After Hours, isn't it? Yeah, um, and that was that was like nearly eight months ago now. Wow. And that's the trouble that where we've been through that I can only find music via streaming and I'm I'm very much a physical person. I like to have the physical product in my hand. I don't know what it is, but I'm a physical guy. I've still got all my CDs, I've still got all my DVDs, I've still got my Blu rays, I've still got my vinyls, I've even got VHS. Um but yeah, say OA is the guy. He was called OA Hip Hop, but he just changed his name over the last weekend. So it's like, I need to have a chat and find out why he changed his, <laughs> his title name. <laughs> so OA is your... Uh, OA, yeah. OA is, a, is an upcoming artist. He's just been put in the top five upcoming artists in America. And, um, and his new album is called The Vision. Awesome, awesome. I will be sure to check that out I mean my last podcast was a month ago and then I think on the Friday after I'm obviously a big fan of Ryan Adams and he dropped his new album uh, to stream only and that that blew me away I remember like there's certain artists and Ryan is one who will literally shock me to my core and I remember listening to it and working at the same time and having to like put my pen down for a second and just process one of his songs and be like oh my god this guy is amazing and I guess that's what the beauty of music can do to you which is why it's such a special and like like you said a different feeling from watching a movie um, so I think we're roughly of a similar age I'm not going to ask you how old you are because a gentleman will never 43. ask that question uh, you're, uh, you're okay I'm 43 
43. So we're a bit similar in age. I'm slightly behind you. So let's take you back then, I guess, to mid-80s, late-80s. Paul Johnson ALA, bowling down Guildford High Street. <laughs> he wants to buy his first record or his first single. What are your recollections of that? And can you remember what, what it was that well, you bought? I can, yes. So I'm originally from Greenford in Middlesex. Right. And um, I can actually remember... I actually purchased two seven-inch singles, and it was... Here we go. <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> it was Madonna, like a virgin. <laughs> yep. And uh, Ghostbusters by Ray Park Jr. Mate, both, to be fair, both of those have absolutely stood the test of time. Yeah, it's, it's a weird memory. Because I obviously listening to the pod, previous podcasts, and then you you ask that question, it's like, wow, I can still remember this, mm. uh, and it's like I remember. I'm pretty sure I bought Ghostbusters to counteract the fact that I was buying Madonna's um, <laughs> single at the same time to just kind of justify. Yeah, you know, I did get Ghostbusters <laughs> um, just in case anyone questioned why am I why am I buying Madonna like a virgin? But yeah, it was, it was a it was a great song. No questioning on this podcast, just appreciation. Like I've said many times, there's no such thing on this podcast as a guilty pleasure. Just purely, purely pleasures. So I guess the whole point of this podcast is getting you to kind of collate your fantasy festival. But yes. were are you a big fan- festival goer? Have you been or are you more kind I, of... I, I've not so much been to a festival. I'm very similar, you know, if I'm being honest, I listen, when I listen to Nils, he's like the sit-at-home guy. I feel I'm the same when it comes to like the Glastonbury. I definitely would love to be there, but then part of me is like, but I'd miss going to that stage and then that stage and then that stage uh, to watch all the acts. But I have been to a festival. It's a local festival called Gilfest, and I saw some incredible acts there. I saw Seth Lakeman, um, a folk artist. Uh, he was phenomenal. It's yeah, he's, he's good to say, Lakeman. I've got one of his albums behind me. Um, Freedom Fields. That's a great album, Freedom Fields. If anyone isn't aware of Seth Lakeman, yeah, he's really good. I recommend Seth Lakeman all the time to any. I always recommended Seth Lakeman to, to everybody when it came to something to do with folk music because it just. And every time I think of the album again, just talking about it these last few days, I, I've been. I listened when I listened to some of Seth Lakeman, and um, it just took me back to standing there with Steve Wright who is the Guildford manager still now, till this day, uh, HV Guildford, uh, stood there with him at the festival, drinking a cider, <laughs> watching Seth Lakeman, and it was unbelievable. But then I got to see Blondie, I got to see Status Quo, um, there was a band called Australian Pink Floyd, it wasn't Pink Floyd, but it was Australian Pink Floyd. I've seen them, were... I saw them about two years ago at South Cliff Pavilion, they are amazing. They are incredible. Yeah. So, that, that was probably my closest festival that I've been to, but I've been to a fair few good gigs as well. Which leads nicely into the next question. So again, no spoilers, but you know, gig gig wise, I mean, there's a romanticism in gigs that obviously that can't be replaced, and there's such a varied, eclectic taste of what people have said on previous podcasts about their favourite gigs. So for you, what gigs, what gigs for you really stand out that you've been you've been at or been lucky enough to be at? The ones that I thought I was lucky enough, so funny enough that we spoke about my first single being Madonna, me and my wife went to New York one year and we just said, look, you know, let's go and see what's on at Madison Square Gardens. We were out there, we didn't know what was going on and there was tickets that night to watch Madonna live at Madison Square Gardens. And I just thought, you know what, let's just do it. And it was incredible. We were so close to the stage. Um, and it was unreal. It was my first time being in Madison Square Gardens to watch any event. And it was that, and it was a, a fantastic performance. Um, so, yeah, I was blown away by that. And then another one that really stands out to me is we went and saw Lionel Richie at Edinburgh Castle. And again, something completely different. But some of these songs mean quite a lot to me and my wife. Um, through through first dance of our wedding and the passing of her mum and where we lost a, 
we had a miscarriage and there was a certain song that meant something to us so that was just an emotional roller coaster but again an amazing location yeah. to go and watch someone live at edinburgh castle i just didn't think that was even a thing but i've seen i've seen a fair few take that at hyde park blew my mind i think i loved it more than my wife <laughs> <laughs> um, i went i went there just to tag along and the next thing you know i'm singing every song and she's looking at me going hang on you're singing every song right now I'm like, yeah some great artists there Lionel, I learned, something that I've always liked about Lionel Richie is I remember watching him at Glastonbury a couple of years ago when he'd done the Sunday slot and he obviously yeah. didn't have any kind of anticipation of how big his crowd was going to be and I just remember him like stepping out and just looking in awe and he couldn't really believe the size of the audience and you could tell how much it meant to him that he had that size audience and everyone was just yeah. loving it and singing along and the crowd participation and I don't think he's played that many kind of festival festivals so I think it was no. a real kind of eye-opener for him and you could tell how much it meant to him performing there which was great to see so before we start talking about your fantasy festival you as we've already said had the honour of managing one of the biggest entertainment stores in the world and I had great fun talking to Paul Stevens about this when he managed there so Paul Stevens obviously spoke about meeting Elton John uh they had Ed Sheeran drop in and obviously every time I think of Ed Sheeran I think of Paul Stevens standing next to him in that lovely blue t-shirt what have you got any kind of I have the same photo of me with, with Ed Sheeran funny enough because I had to help him um at the till point with putting through the transactions and we had our very own Ed Sheeran uh, member of staff as well that was stood next to him um, that was helping him put through the transactions but yeah um, for me I had the pleasure and honour of doing a um, midnight launch with Kylie Minogue which was amazing um, especially for a, a member of staff called Jason Knight Jason Knight yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. Um, he, he, he was incredible um, uh, so that was that was amazing. Um, we had Craig David. I'm not going to pretend. We had two signings from Craig David, and I had an absolute blast. And I I spent my entire time up on the events floor listening to the album on loop for at least four hours, and I loved every second of it wow. <laughs> to the point where he said, "Can can we have a quick walk around the store together?" here's my mobile phone. Can you film me going up and down the escalators? <laughs> so that was definitely an experience. And then um, we did the uh, Years and Years, I thought was a really good midnight launch as well, if you remember Years yeah. and Years. Uh, and that was when we were launching music on a, on a Friday where we changed our release dates. They were the first band to release an album on a Friday after midnight so I think a fair few midnight launches to be fair the more I think about it now I think quite a few of those did you do Metallica? Um, were you Metallica? I missed on Metallica oh, I missed it damn. I couldn't believe it it, it was um, Jay did the Metallica um, that was more for him because we only needed one of us to be yeah. there on the midnight launches and that was right up Jay Street and there was no way that um, I could stop that man from seeing Metallica <laughs> I get that. I get that. So, lots of celebrities there. I'm glad you mentioned Kylie. I I I remember the old Kylie thing and how important that was to members of, of the team. So that was really good to have that mentioned. So let's move on in with the festival. So the whole aim of this podcast, yes. like I've said, is getting our guests. So Paul Tickleate his fantasy festival. So Paul can choose any five acts, one of who must play one of their studio albums in full, plus an encore at the end of his fan festival where all five of his acts can come together to perform any song by any artist so it doesn't have to be one of his five acts it can be any song by any act in the world so it's a very simple five acts take five time slots so for example in the last episode of the fan festival podcast we had the awesome neil taylor on who collated his thanks to the mobile library tour fan festival and in his opening slot from 2 to 3 p.m., Neil chose Queen, who I think made their fifth Fantastical appearance. Then in his super second slot from half past three to half past four, Neil picked the awesome Bears Den. In his mid-may master slot from five to six, Neil chose The Killers, who made their Fantastical debut, as did The Smiths in Neil's pre-headline act from half past six to eight o'clock. 
and they'll also chose the Smiths to play their phenomenal Queen is Dead album. And then to close out Neil's Fan Festival in his headline slot, Neil chose Depeche Mode. And because it was Christmas, I gave Neil two encores because he kept talking about two songs. So Neil had Do I Love You uh, for the first song in his encore and then Fairy Tale of New York for his second encore. So very easy. Like I've said, any five acts, any time period, any genre, it can be whoever you like. So I've been in contact, uh, Mr. Johnson Naylor, with your old manager, Paul Stevens, and we've got a few <laughs> names. We've got a few names floating about here. I won't. He's definitely going to put one in there, and I've already said it because I got ribbed all the time. <laughs> Ninja, I never took it personally, and it, and and even still to this day, I get my birthday message with a little meme from this particular artist every time brilliant that particular artist is one of his predictions that you're unsurprisingly (laughs) no so I've got my predictions I'll reveal the predictions after we've gone through your fantastical so a very important question first up and you've kind of already alluded um, to it uh, earlier in the podcast so what are we going to name your festival well where I alluded it was more towards the, the venue location but the name of my fantastical is going to be called Tomorrowland Festival with Dream and Believe underneath to be Tomorrowland Festival Dream and Believe like it and what 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 has inspired you to pick that title I mean every well basically doing this with you made me think about why I enjoy these artists and what it is that they mean and they, they mean something to me in a different way for every person I listen to plus even the ones that didn't even make it and the Tomorrowland is like there's always tomorrow. There's always something we can look forward to if you dream and believe anything is possible. And that kind of then steered me a little bit into my obsession with the Goonies. So it kind of fitted a little bit around that and just kind of like the way that I live my life. That's awesome. That's awesome. So we've got a title, which is an awesome title. So next up, it's time for you to pick your venue. So we can go anywhere in the world. We could go back to the live event floor on Oxford Street. We can go back to Guildford. You can take us to Madison Square Garden where you saw Madonna. You can take us wherever you like. I've got a feeling, I've got two things in my head that I think that you might take us to. And if it's any of them, I'm going to smile my face off. So Mr. Johnson Ayla, where are you taking us for the Tomorrowland Festival? Okay, we're really close to going to Madison Square Gardens, but then I changed it to Cannon Beach in Astoria. Uh, with Haystack Rock in the background because it's a very flat beach and it'd be amazing to be performing on that beach in Astoria with the with the Haystack Rock in the background in Astoria but that's because it's to do with the Goonies it yeah. was very close to being the Goon Docks but then the Goon Docks is the town right so, yeah I, I, uh, I, I thought for a minute you might be taking us on Willie's pirate ship <laughs> well to be fair the Inferno pirate ship is in the background because <laughs> uh, I was visualising it as well uh, but yeah the, the Inferno it definitely plays a part awesome awesome so we've got our title we've got our venue so before we come on to talk about the five acts who have made it I'm well aware that how difficult it is to get down all of your musical acts and artists into just five choices is there anyone who you want to mention who hasn't made your five acts yeah I mean Red Hot Chili Peppers was and should be in my list because every time I interviewed anybody I always mentioned about I always asked the question who's your favourite what's your favourite movie what's your favourite album Yeah. Uh, my favourite movie clearly The Goonies and my favourite album was always said Red Hot Chili Peppers by the way and it always threw people but that's just because that is the one album that changed my taste in music I can remember walking down uh, in the middle of the store in HME Guildford listening to this album with Ian Cook and I was just like what is this this is incredible and um, it just totally transformed my taste more to being open to bands and I'm surprised I didn't put it in there but because it changed my taste but then there's a lot more bands or artists that I like more yeah um, Kings of Leon um, I was close to being in there uh, and then one that Paul uh, Stevens mentioned which was Left Field uh, with their album Leftism was incredible but yeah I'm surprised it's actually harder than you think oh, yeah it's the easy five boom I changed it this morning <laughs> uh, <laughs> taking three 
Yeah. Oh wow, that's a lot of changes. That's yeah. a lot of changes. But good. I mean, Red Hot Chili Peppers. I I don't think Red Hot Chili Peppers have been on anyone's Fantastical, which is quite surprising so far. Neither of Kings of Leon. I think Left Field have been mentioned quite a lot, uh, but still haven't made any uh, appearances. So they'll have to wait another episode. They'll have to wait another day. Maybe episode 34 will be their calling. Not today. So let's get cracking in. Tomorrowland Festival, Dream and Believe, sold out instantly. Cannon Beach is looking beautiful under the sunshine in Astoria. We've got the Haystack Rock in the background looking phenomenal. Everyone's there. You're proudly wearing your Goonie Dad t-shirt. We'll be selling those on the stalls as well um, for everyone to buy. So it's two o'clock. So, Paul, who is going to open your Tomorrowland Festival? Okay, not, I don't think many people know who this is, but it's, it's Michael Cassette. He did an album called Temporarity, and it's more of a synth-based artist, DJ. Um, and I was introduced to him by... Uh, a guy called Jason, not Jason Knight, but a different guy called Jason at um, Boxer Circus. And we never saw eye to eye, but then we connected through music. And even till this day, I listen to that album probably when I'm working once a week, when I'm on the computer, that is my background. So I felt like to get the festival started as the opening act had to be Michael Cassette, Temporarity. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. I've not heard of it, actually. And again, that's one of the things that I like about this podcast is that it opens up this whole brand new avenue. And obviously, I'll get some tracks for you from you to use after on our Spotify playlist. And obviously, we'll check those out. So you said it was synth-based. Are there any vocals on it or is it just purely... There's a little bit of vocals in the in the opening track, which is my name is Michael Cassette. And then there's some in the ghost in the machine. I'll kind of say that the synth is very similar to Depeche Mode. Okay. Um, so I've, I've always said to people, if you like Tepeche Mode but you want something today, listen to Michael Cassette. And I think I was introduced to that, like I say, it, was, it must have been about 2010, 2011, something along those lines. And I love it. And I love it because it's one of those albums where no one hasn't heard of it and I always go, check this out. And then they end up buying it. And that was, again, just I love having that opportunity to... Uh, recommend something to someone that they've never heard of. Absolutely. And is Michael Cassette still recording? Are there any more albums, or is that is it just that I one album? I haven't seen anything of recent, but that is just the one that I mean, it's my go-to. Yeah. Um, even now, when when I was at work, my management team <laughs> they would say, "Is it time for Michael Cassette?" Because <laughs> <laughs> they know it's going to get put on uh, so when I'm doing some office work. So yeah. So Michael Cassette will open your Tomorrowland Festival. Here he will play from 2 till 3 o'clock. He takes the opening slot. Uh, once he finishes, we'll have a half-hour break. That'll take us to half-past three. Then that'll take us to our super second slot. So again, this act will have an hour to play from half-past three to half-past four. So Mr. Johnson Naylor, who is taking your super second slot? Craig David. Craig David, so we've mentioned him earlier in the podcast. We alluded to him when we were talking about your predictions. You've obviously had the pleasure of meeting Craig David and filming him go up and down escalators uh, in the shop. So for you, why Craig David? When uh, Well, I remember his Rewind track when it came out and it was very much around the kind of dance, drum and bass, garage, UK garage um, music that I'm into. Um, and I really like that. And then he brought out his album and then Seven Days was a massive track and he then kind of went on on a hiatus and he you know he left the uk and then he came back um but when that album originally came out in 1999 that was the year that my eldest daughter was born so i kind of remember it reminds me of becoming a father and this album being released and then when he came back he did a track called 16 from um his album follow my intuition and he then did a sign-in at Oxford Street, and I just it just blew my mind. And it was such a brilliant comeback album as well. And it, that's where it kind of feeds into that Tomorrowland dream and belief. You know, he might have been gone for so long, but he came back, and he came back even better. And I'm not afraid to say I like Craig David. I think he's really good. He writes his music really well. And he's done quite a few um, good 
songs to one where he did the one with Bastille, um, which I really liked as well. And Bastille is a band that I, I quite like myself, which didn't make the list either. But there is a cool story behind Bastille where I actually interviewed one of the guys from Bastille for a job at HMV in Guildford, of which I turned him down for a job. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't know at the time that's who it was, uh, but I, maybe I'm responsible for him becoming successful with Bastille. I don't know because he would have been distracted and had a career with HMV instead of going on and continuing with Bastille. Um, but yeah, Craig David. You know, he's that he's that person that did well. It, things weren't working. He went away. He came back, and he just created two more brilliant albums. Yeah, I mean, like that first out. I remember. I remember working the day his first album came out, and that was massive. And like, obviously, we spoke about Rewind, but obviously, Fill Me In, which still holds up. Heart play that a lot. Yeah. If you listen to Heart Radio, Seven Days, obviously. I remember this song he done with Sting. I've got that one in my head now. Shape, <sighs> shape of my heart. With Sting, so yeah. another artist who he's collaborated closely with, and then you're he's right. Very good at collaborating as well. And then obviously he, he, he had that, didn't he? He had that negative connotation with Bo Selector. Yes. Disappeared for a while, uh, but then, like you said, <laughs> came back and stronger than ever, really. Yeah. So Craig David, I guess you'll be unsurprised to know that's his first Fantastical appearance. So Craig David takes your super second slot. He'll play for an hour. He's got a good hour of material. I remember um, last New Year's Eve being away at Butlins and we got back, my oldest daughter lasted till half past 11 and we got back and spent the, you know, the rest of the time like in bed um, and Craig David was doing a BBC One set at Big Ben. Yeah. So I'll always remember that. So he'll play a solid hour from half past three to half past four. So he'll take your super second slot. Then that'll lead us nicely to five o'clock. It'll be time for your Midway Madness slot. So, Paul, who is going to take your Midway Madness slot? Okay, so, for me, it's Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Only his second Fantastical appearance. He was in the very, very first Fantastical. I know, I saw that. With my good friend, yeah, my good friend, Paul Levy. So, he was in the first Fantastical. Hasn't made an appearance since then. So, 32 episodes later, Michael Jackson is back. So, for you... Paul, why why does Michael Jackson make your fantastical lineup? Uh, well, Bad was the first tape cassette album that I got bought for me for my parents, and I can just remember it. Remember playing it all the time, going out in my uncle's car. We'd go out in his uh, Cortina, and we'd be listening to this on full blast. And most of the albums, most of the uh, the tracks on the album were fantastic, but then. Also, I think I might have been going through the the high period of uh, music videos as well on MTV. So a lot of the videos to the album were incredible as well. They're like mini movies um, from the album, and it kind of just stuck with me. To I, I never got to see that guy live, and I had tickets to see him at the O2. Oh wow! Um, uh, yeah, so super gutted that I never got got to go and see him live but for me he he is he is a legend in himself and I think the music that he created was, was brilliant yeah and like you said some of those videos I remember the bad video in the car park <laughs> well I remember the way you make me feel Wesley video Snipes, wasn't it? Wesley Snipes yeah the way you make me feel video where he's walking down the street with the dance moves because I'm, li- yeah. I'm, I'm in this I'm in the computer room now so, and my CD collection is behind me and I've just pulled the Bad album out. Yeah, Bad, The Way You Make Me Feel, Speed Demon, which was the video with the yeah, bunny rabbit. Smooth Liberian Girl, Just Good Friends, yeah. Another Part of Me, Man in the Mirror, which we haven't even mentioned. Yeah. Uh, I Just Can't Stop <laughs> Loving You, Dirty Diana, Smooth Criminal, Leave Me Alone. Done. What an album. Yeah, I know. It's an incredible album. There was Most albums you find, there's probably three or four tracks that you like on the entire album. But for that album, I found that there was at least... 10. Yeah, I mean, there's only 11 tracks on it, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. Most of them is like, yeah, they're all pretty good. Yeah. And then obviously Thriller had already been and, you know, the the music video to that. So, yeah, just the artist himself was just so creative uh, and the music was just good. But again, it took me, it took me to a point in my life where I can just remember being with 
with my uncle driving around in his car together and playing the music and he would be singing it and I'd be singing it so yeah that's awesome that's awesome so Michael Jackson takes up your midweight madness slot he'll play for an hour from 5 till 6 o'clock so that will take us through then to half past 6 time for your pre-headline act they're going to play from half past 6 to 8pm so Paul who's going to take your pre-headline act slot Daft Punk Daft Punk good call I think this is their second Fantastical appearance so why why are Daft Punk in your lineup? Well, when I was going through my teenage years, um, I think it was home. Uh, it homework. Yeah. The album uh, that was kind of in that era, through with my left field and Mogwai and Eight Hundred Eight State and Orbital, and you know that that particular Daft Punk album was was up there for me. Um, but then years went past, and then Random Access Memories came out. I can remember doing a big launch of that at Oxford Circus and it was kind of like the vinyl revival. It was kind of that one big album that kind of got everyone back in love with vinyl again and it, it, it was for me that opportunity to listen to it again, that like their, their craft of music and the fact that you don't get to know who they are is a phenomenal uh, comeback um, album around the access memories and then, you, you know, you've got the like like get lucky and lose yourself to dance they're just brilliant um and then <laughs> tron legacy the film a lot of people slate the film but i think the soundtrack to it is really good so if i'm not listening to michael cassette i'm listening to tron legacy <laughs> um, very similar kind of background to it it's kind of like background music for me whilst i work but yeah daft punk yeah they've got some amazing tracks I think ones that leap in my head as you were talking I think One More Time came straight into my head oh, all yeah, around the world bad. straight in my head yeah some amazing tracks like you said Get Lucky which everyone knows Lose Yourself yeah they've got some cracking cracking albums and you're right the guys could be standing next to you they could you know they could be they could have been in your shop or literally walking past you in yeah. your local supermarket and you would never know you would never know so they Daft Punk take up your pre-headline act slot, they'll play from half past six to eight o'clock. So time has flown by. It's half past eight. We only have time for one more act at the Tomorrowland Festival. Your headline act, they're going to get two and a half hours. So good old set from your headline act. They're going to play to 11 o'clock. So, Paul, who is going to take up your headline act slot? Prodigy. So the Prodigy, I think this is their third or fourth now Fantastival appearance so why why the prodigy for you and why why are they taking your headline slot i was kind of gearing it in order if i actually was attending a festival and who would blow everybody away uh, at this particular festival and um you know I've, I've said that dance music really is i think the main music genre that i i love the most and prodigy when they brought out experience and the single charlie uh, was definitely uh, in that point of where I was just falling in love with dance music. And they just did so many brilliant tracks off of the experience and then Fatter the Land when that came out as well. Uh, it's just unbelievable from what they were to what they became uh, with Breathe and Smack My Bitch Up and Firestarter. I think they're just, they're just tracks that I think everybody knows. Yeah, I always found I always found the ex a lot of my friends were into the experience, and I always found that a bit too dancey for me. But I, I remember vividly when Fat of the Land came out, and I think Firestarter was the first single, and none of us had heard anything like it ever. And we were like, "What is this?" And then they followed that up yeah. with "Smack My Bitch Up," um, and that Fat of the Land album is just. I mean, I'm not massively massively into dance music, but that Fat of the Land album is amazing. I just feel that it's quite a versatile album that yeah. I think most people could probably appreciate it or, or enjoy it with the musicality behind it, plus the lyrics within some of the tracks as well. And then I think the videos that they did were, were quite powerful as well. But yeah, it's just when I was just thinking about the, the, the festival in itself, who would be brilliant to be the headline act? And it, it has to be the project because again that's another act that I never got the opportunity to see so and, and never will now yeah um, so it had to be Prodigy I was lucky enough to see them twice I saw them um, 
support Oasis at Nebworth, which was really good, really good. And then I saw him at Brixton Academy, I think in the early 2000s, I think 2003, when the album with the white cover came out. I can't remember what the album was called. And that, I've said it before on the podcast, that gig and Biffy Clyro were the two loudest gigs I've ever been at. That was so, so loud. Honestly, I can't even begin to describe I mean I remember the sound check and then like playing like check, sound checking the bass and it just shook my bones I just remember thinking that can't be what it's going to sound like all gig because I'm not going to survive this and it, it was <laughs> it was bonkers but a great act great to see them headline you're fantastic well, they'll play from half past eight to eleven o'clock they'll absolutely smash that set so at the end of their set at 11 o'clock all five acts can come back out on stage so you'll have michael cassette you'll have craig david you'll have michael jackson daft punk and the prodigy they can play one song of your choice all together on stage this is a very difficult question (laughs) (laughs) this is a funny one because it's like really That that is worth the admission price alone. <laughs> uh, that is worth flying to Astoria for and paying for the ticket alone. That is incredible. So your encore will be Goonies are good enough. What we didn't, I don't think we confirmed. What album? What act are going to play an album in full? What you've mentioned quite a few albums by your artists, but what album in full are you going to have played at your festival? It would be bad because for me it just had so many tracks on it that I really did enjoy, and it was the first take cassette album that I got bought for me not the first one that I bought but it's the first one that got bought for me incredible incredible a fantastic lineup so to come on to the predictions in that me and Paul Stevens had unsurprisingly we had Craig <laughs> David which you would have known about anyway um, Paul had on his list he had Chase and Status who we've not oh, mentioned they were very close I love Chase and Status one of the best concerts at the AT Yeah, I can imagine that would be a good one. So Chase and Stacey missed out. He did have the Prodigy on his list. It's well done to Mr. Stevens now in the headliner. And for the first time ever going into a fantastical podcast, I did predict the encore. (laughs) And I did have Goonies are good enough as the encore. So I was chuffed when you said that. I was chuffed when you said that. So not bad. We got two two out of five um, for that. And a sneaky three out of six, I would say. Not that we normally predict on cars but I just had a feeling I had a feeling with where you were going to go with that one so I'm happy I'm really happy with that one so right it's time to lock it in then so you've said you've changed your mind three times today already you can still change your mind until we lock it in so this is the moment this is the moment we are locking it in so you have the Tomorrowland Festival Dream and Belief this is taking place at Cannon Beach Astoria um, beside the well in front of the Haystack rock in the background so opening your fantastical we have michael cassette in your super second slot we have craig david in your midway man it's not we have michael jackson who is going to play his bad album in full for your pre-headline act we are having daft punk and to close your festival in the headline slot we have got the prodigy and for your encore they are all going to play goonies are good enough paul johnson naylor are you happy to lock that in as the first fantastical of 2021 let's lock it in lock it in lock it in and loaded and that goes in to that fantastical vault and brings this most wonderful episode to a close so thank you for listening to the 33rd episode of the fantastical podcast if you've enjoyed this one please subscribe give the podcast overview on itunes if you're listening or you can give us a follow on spotify or anchor or any podcast host you are listening to this on. And if you're on social media, we are on Twitter at FantasticalP. And you can also email the podcast at FantasticalPodcast at Outlook.com. Unfortunately, we can't play music on the podcast um, due to copyright. But, you know, these albums you can buy from store at hv.com or you can go on Spotify and listen to these fantastic 
albums. I'm definitely going to get some tracks from Paul and we will make sure they get added to the Fantastival Spotify playlist. So huge thank you from me um, to you, Paul. You've been a fantastic and wonderful guest. How have you found it? I know this, this was your first podcast experience. You told me you were up at 4.40 this morning. How, how has the whole experience been for you? Do you know what? I've, I've had a blast actually reminiscing and, and looking at some of the albums that we still have. We have loads of music still in this house. And, you know, I won't lie, I was a little bit nervous at the, at the beginning thought of actually doing something like this, um, you know, being judged with the music that I liked. But, you know, as, as you said straight away, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with anything that anybody likes. You know, we all have guilty pleasures and it's been awesome actually listening to your podcasts and being able to hear the voices of some of the people that I had the pleasure and honour of working with throughout my time at H&B. So for me as well, it's also brought me back to some real good, happy memories. Um, so I appreciate it. It's been awesome. Oh, it's been awesome having you on. It's been great to catch up with you and you know, we'll stay in contact now. One of the good things for me about this podcast is it puts me back in contact with people and once, once you do a fantastical with someone, you are always connected to them so me and you now we always have this lovely fantastical um connection and like you said you know if you're listening out there and thinking i enjoy the podcast but i would be nervous don't worry it's just me talking to you and we'll have a good laugh so if you are interested in coming on the fantastical podcast but you're a bit nervous don't worry drop me an email or give me a message on facebook or on twitter and i'm sure we could sort something out so i'll be back soon with episode number 34 so please make sure to join me then but thanks again to paul and all i say is stay safe my fantastical friends please continue to spread the word and that word is fantastical <laughs>